She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. And then, and then... No, no, no! And then, yes, we have to go here. But that's why I want to say the timeline, so that then we can get into all all the traumatic things. All right, say the timeline. Okay, so... It's like a true crime story. Yeah. And it involves uh, the Manson family. So, enough said. It does not involve the Manson family. <laughs> it does, it, but it barely does. <laughs> You're such a <laughs> to sensational... To know more. <laughs> we did a dieta there. We, di- we dieted cacao. Yeah, that was nice. And... Uh, no, we, we also some went back. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> focused on the trauma. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. It's great to have you here. It is great to have you here today. We are reflecting on our time living with and in Dorothy, our good old truck camper. Yeah, we've been the proud owners of Dorothy for two years, and that's about to end in just a couple days, by the time you hear this podcast, actually. So we thought we would revisit the good old times. And the bad ones, too. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, far out people. What up? This is like the third time we tried to record this intro <laughs> because we've been having laughing fits every time we, every time we start. The giggles, the giggles are on full force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes that happens, and there's no real reason, and you just have to let it be. Yeah. So. And try to hold it together. I think I think we're. Uh, this is the one. I think this one's fine. I think I'm gonna make it. We're coming at you live. Not live, obviously, from our bedroom. Millie is still here. Millie, our friendly dog that we've been dog-sitting. Millie, would you like to say hi? No, Millie's snoring. No, Millie's not saying hi. Uh, Millie's having a good time, and we are too. Except for the fact that she she shit in our bedroom the other day, (laughs) and she vomited on our bed sheets. She was having a tough day. (laughs) She was just having a bit of a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what it is. Still, <laughs> when I have a rough day, I don't shit in our bedroom. <laughs> There'd be a lot of shit in our bedroom. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, well, this is this is the vibes here. So today, yeah. as we're recording, is Sunday, but somehow it's also our Monday. It's the day that we start our week. So yeah. uh, this is probably the weird energy that you're getting. Yeah. First and foremost, we would like to inform you. And this is very important. We would like to inform you that we did something that made us feel very normal uh, yes. recently, which all things considered is very funny because when when I'm going to tell you what it is, we went to a concert. We went to see Heilung. This is probably a fairly uh, new experience for a lot of people at this moment, going back to concerts af- after COVID. Yeah. So we're probably we're probably not a. I think for us, it's like I hadn't gone and seen a concert. I don't want to tell you how long. You said like a decade? I, damn it. 
I don't know if it was that. I can't remember. Like, yeah. I don't really remember the last. I think it was like seven freaking years for me. At least. And I'm I'm young. How yeah. is it How is it that, that I've gone seven years? That puts you at like years? 23 <laughs> last time you saw a live show. That's sad. <laughs> I know. I really I don't know what I did with my so, 20s. So Heilung. Heilung we got introduced so, to. Yes, we went to see Heilung. Yeah. This, I hadn't said H-E- the name. H-E-I. Okay, I think you did, but H-E-I-L-U-N-G. Shout out to Andrew. Yeah. Who introduced us to Heilung at the time where Alistair was saying that he felt the need to order and to purchase a drum, to yeah. have a, a drum made. Now that drum is sitting next to me and it is massive. It is beautiful. And uh, and he was talking about getting some like Celtic drumming vibes as he was in ceremony. And our friend Andrew was like, oh, you got to check this out. He showed us the video and we were floored by like the performance and the kind of energy we will put a video of like their their main like the the most popular f- song that they have w- what is it a nor like who it's german there's three i think it is german danish and something else danish Can, uh, d- yeah danish and some, yeah something some, some other place around there yeah yeah those those norse people yeah. Um, and so the the best way to describe the experience of Heilung, so Heilung means healing in old Germanic language. And it's like, it's we bought our tickets to the concert knowing really one song that they've ever made yeah. and being like, this is dope, we want to see it. Because it's like, they show up on stage, they've got antlers and they got massive drums. Like and YouTube Heilung and check it out. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes and you have to go check it out. This, this, the song that we're going to link is 10 minutes. Watch until, watch and the whole I'll thing. I'll tell you what the song is, but I don't I don't fucking know what the title is. I and don't I wouldn't be able to pronounce, pronounce it. No, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. hard. Um, That's because all their songs are uh, lifted off of like old ancient runes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like all like archaic languages. Yeah. It's like a mix of English and like old Viking Norse and like Germanic. It's not really things. a mix of English. There's one there's, song. Well, there, there's there's English. There's there's a couple of passages okay. of songs in English. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but yeah, so vocals and <laughs> and there's there's two people doing vocals most of the time. Actually, all three of them do do some vocals. There's one woman and and two guys, and the woman is like dressed up in this shamanic attire, like really pretty impressive, and she's got a beautiful voice with quite a range and just pretty epic. And then one of the guys is like a throat singer. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw, if you saw the Dune movie, like, oh, yeah. there's that scene when the armies are on the planet, I forget the planet, I forget okay. all the names, but, like, the bad guys, right? Like <laughs> The Harkonnens. The Harkonnens, thank you. I've read these books, I should know this. <laughs> uh, they're all, like, in military formation, and then there's that throat singer, it's like... <laughs> That kind of thing. It's actually not bad. Thank you. I think I maybe I should work on this. You should work on throat singing. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of that as well. And I remember, and that's pretty much it. And I remember like in the concert, like we were like a third of the way in the concert. There's just, there's just like several massive drums on stage. And, um, and I'll let you explain a little bit more what they do, but I'm like a third into the concert and it's just like, it's just like rampaging drums, like, you know, tribal shamanic drums. And there's these big, like, 
orc kind of guys in the back that are just slamming drums like they're calling the orcs of Saruman <laughs> to go march on the hobbits, you know? Just like, bam, bam, bam. Oh, for like 15 minutes is impressive as yeah, hell. Yeah. And, well, for an hour and a half. Yeah, like, the for an hour and a half. But like, just the, like the one song, are... like you just see this, the back, of, like the broad back of this super muscular guy just like giving it all he's got on these drums. And, uh, I loved that. That was cool. But <laughs> it was a third into the show, I my mind had the the thought, oh, it's really just drums and vocals. <laughs> There's nothing else. They're really going to go for this whole show. Just drums and vocals. And they freaking nailed it. They did. It was incredible. And I will say this. When we bought the tickets, it said on the description, like, this is not a concert. This is a ritualistic experience and a ceremony. And I was like, well, fuck it. You had, you had me. You have me. I'm, I'm coming. And we went, and it, it was really that. It was really brilliant the way that they designed the experience of the concert because, yeah, it was a performance, but there were so many like undertones of deep spirituality. And I've never been to a concert where they open the concert by saging the entire stage and all the people that are going to be on stage. And it was like maybe 15 people total yeah, with like some of like the dancers minutes. and stuff. It took a lot. And they did the same at the end to close. And thank God, I think that they did that because I feel like it really opened up the space for them to be able to channel some like really deep kind of archetypal energies very uh, obviously like very celtic uh valkyries and like i i remember hearing i'm not exactly sure what they're calling it but it, like the energies throughout and there's a there really was a ceremony going on and like kind of a symbolic ritual mm -hmm. and like that included a sacrifice yeah a human sacrifice or a human death and rebirth whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah um in it was interesting because, you know, obviously a lot of it was left up to interpretation. And the stage was kind of set as like a Celtic forest yeah. with like foggy and like kind of birds tripping in the background and kind of like low lighting and stuff. It was um, really beautiful and also really brilliant in the fact that otherwise I think I've only got really bored of vocals and drums for <laughs> only for like that long. But like having something to taking you through kind it was of a like journey. a full-on journey yeah and they were i think this it was really noticeable at the end when they saged and smudged at the end um because it like you we got about probably two thousand maybe twenty five hundred people in the concert hall yeah and you know they're going like they're going through some they're they're channeling some pretty intense energies like deities goddesses valkyries like powerful stuff yeah in in the it's obvious that that that's happening they're using uh instruments that include a uh like a horse drum with human blood splattered on it yeah and like there's a human bone for one of the drumsticks and there's there's some other massive antlers and like their faces are covered yeah. and stuff there's fire Just dancing kind of really, yeah. yeah there was there was uh fire dancing with like topless women it it, it was, was they were able to do that like tastefully too because i think what was important was also they had children on the stage oh, yeah, yeah, smudging yeah. in the beginning yeah. which like i think kind of kept it wholesome mm -hmm. and it, it was 
It was done very well. It felt very uh, tribal and human. It yeah. didn't feel like they were trying to go for some sensational experience. Yeah. They were really or something trying like overly erotic or sexual or something Yeah, like it took that. me a long time actually to realize that those were topless women on the stage. I just was, I didn't really realize. And I was like, oh, well, that's why there was a sign that says mature content on the And so at the end, the they, they smudged. And because that's a lot of energy and the, the, that we're all going through. And we're getting hit with drums. For nonstop for yeah. like an hour and a half. And these are big drums and uh, <laughs> big drums, man. And uh, they saged at the end, and it's like whoa, brought everything back down. Yeah. Instead of just like, it was noticeable what it did for the energy of the room. Yeah, I think if if we had ended on the last song, we would have all left pretty electrified. I think we might have like gone out and just started rampaging through the streets. I like, think that's possible. Yeah. And it was quite a crew. The, the people that oh, showed the up, to watch, the crowd was phenomenal. awesome. It's like a mix of like comic book nerds, heavy metal uh, fans, and bikers. Yeah, if you yeah. can imagine that, it was, it was epic. It was epic. It felt really resourcing and rejuvenating to go. It was like fun to go out on the town and and pay a parking lot and then go to... That wasn't fun. No, it, it was fun. It was like, oh, we're, look at us, we're normal. Uh, I think I've been needing that. So, Actually, yeah. It, one, one thing that was strange about that was like going into the concert and sitting around me like, this used to be normal for me. Yeah. And now it just feels so strange. Mm-hmm. Like now it's so, it's fascinating and it's also bizarre. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, whoa. I've heard I've heard someone describe uh on a podcast like going to Walmart as a spiritual experience yeah. for him. And he was very he was facetious, but he was also very serious. Like and I'm noticing that I don't know, these days I just feel like I go to places that have a lot of people and it becomes a really spiritual experience for me just because I'm like, oh, humans. Oh, we're so fascinating. Oh, my God. Like, look at us doing our human things. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of trippy. So anyways, it was it was it was a wonderful evening of amazing music and deep, uh, deep trance. I think it was I mean, it was cool to look at the crowd like people were in it like it's just really rhythmic and you get into a oh yeah a state check them out and if you like them and you get into it shoot us a shoot us a message oh and let us know God. yes yes it's it's very special type of music and i'm glad that alistair and i both like this that's it's the so- other like strange part it's like we're, i'm sitting there with this crazy european <laughs> drumming ceremony thing going on i'm loving it and i'm like i can't believe i found someone else who loves this i know uh, me like, too. This honestly, is great. Yeah. honestly, I was already into that kind of shit like before I met you, and but so I'm, it's really nice yeah. that you like that. I, I'm part of me thinks I probably should have been born in Germany. <sighs> I know, I know. I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you were born where you were born, but I can feel like your German ancestry is. I feel is it strong. pretty strong. Yeah, it's strong. Yeah. So. Yes. So this was. We needed to tell you this at length, obviously. Uh, this was very important. And today we want to talk. We were honestly racking our brain, just like, what, what are we what are we talking about? Like feeling feeling all the questions. And uh, we realized we're handing off Dorothy, our trusty, faithful old truck camper, uh, to her Wednesday. new owner on <clears throat> Wednesday and today's Sunday. Yeah. And this felt like an appropriate time to fully close the loop of this time of our life by 
sharing the memorable times, the highlights, the reflecting on this time of our life, basically. Yeah, because it's been basically two years. Yeah, so the store, I, I like timelines, so I'm just going to drop it. I'm just going to drop it there. Uh, we bought Dorothy, I think it was uh, August, August 1st of 2020. Yeah. And then we hit the road on December 1st of 2020. So for four months, is that four months? Yeah, r- so. roughly. Yeah, no, it is. In in four months, we had to set it up, get ourselves ready to leave. I was taking care of my green card. We were in the Bay Area yeah. with we, Dorothy. Uh, this is where we had a al- alcoholic um, guy, tech guy. Yeah. I don't know what you... Hired someone off Craigslist who turned out to be an alcoholic who was supposed to install our very expensive and complicated solar system. This is not that he was an alcoholic. It's that he was furiously deranged but it was not clear from the get-go and he was also an alcoholic he left me a message at like 2 30 in the morning just rambling and he basically quit and then called me at 11 o'clock the next day and didn't remember any of it Mm -hmm. that that was a lot and this is all there's a whole story about this we don't need to go back we'll share the episode we recorded the pressure on this (laughs) because since we're reflecting this is part of it i'm reflecting on my trauma of having met keith (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who we never got the keys back from Keith. I'm pretty sure he was a boatman. He worked on boats a lot, and I'm pretty sure there's somewhere at the bottom of the ocean, Pacific Ocean. But uh, <laughs> and and a couple times he showed up like, and this is before I had put it together. But he had showed up like after breakfast, and he always showed up super late. Mm-hmm. And he hated driving over 17. Yeah. And one time he mentioned 17 being the road between oh, where right. he lives and where which is we this work. very windy highway through the. Uh, you're the, such a Californian dude that you can just na- drop the name of drop the number of the road and feel like you don't even need to explain <laughs> the road. It's the 17. Everybody knows, knows about 17. 17. It's this windy road over the Santa Cruz Mountains that um, is fairly dangerous or can be. And and I remember one time he told me that his dog. He had this dog he loved. He really, I know, it was a cool dog. And he'd show up with the dog wearing sunglasses <laughs> and like poking his head out the window that's in the passenger seat. Yeah. And, and like one time he told me, like, for, first off, he'd tell me he'd go get brunch and then he'd just get offered champagne by the yeah, manager mimosas. or whatever, mimosas. And I was, I was like, okay, that's weird. And also, why are you drinking before you're going to work on our truck camper? <laughs> but you know, like in the beginning, you kind of put this, it's like, okay, whatever, he's eccentric. And then he told me one time that, like, he and his dog both threw up while driving (laughs) one morning over to the 17. And, like, you know, after the drunken cause, like, oh, yeah, he was definitely fucking hungover. And, like, (laughs) he's definitely drinking on the job and stuff. But, like, it took a little while to put these things together. And uh, I really did not expect that we would be reflecting on this part of the journey. And I I get a pit in my my stomach. But here, here, here was the pressure that really, like, made it brutal was, like, we were under quite a time constraint because we needed to get out for a retreat in Colorado. Uh, I can't remember the date, but like we had like several. It was like December fifth or something. So we we when we left, it was really like we left the day before. Yeah, and we had no electricity like we, in our yeah. camper, yeah. and which was really important, particularly when you're going to go to like Colorado in the winter. Yeah, and uh, we actually got say we got bailed out. We, I, I called basically desperate to all the solar companies were booked for months to install solar. Cause this was, you know, at this time, everyone was trying to get, get RVs and solar installs and stuff because of COVID and stuff. 
And, oh my uh, god, that was such an awful time. Yeah, just like you reflecting <laughs> on it, I'm like, oh my god, this was so awful. It was. I brutal. hated all of it. Yeah, like it's... that. And I okay, hold on, pause, because I want to. I didn't give the timeline. I'm can I, can I just finish? Can yeah, I finish? Yeah. So we, yeah, so we ended up, I ended up calling this guy kind of desperately and he squeezed us in like literally days before we were supposed to leave. And then, and then, and then, no, 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 no. and then, yes, we have to go here. But that's why I want to say the timeline (laughs) so that then we can get into all the traumatic things. All right, say the timeline. Okay, so (laughs) if you've been around with the podcast, you might remember where we're going with this. Um, So just to finish the timeline, okay. December 1st, we hit the road, and we've been on the road since we did December 1st, 2020 to, like, June of 2021 of, like, actively being on the road with the camper. Yeah. Which, so not that long, all, all things considered, seven months. And then after that, we landed where we're currently living, so June 2021 to June 2022, we were here in Oregon yeah. and we were living in the camper, but in one place, yes. parked up somewhere. So that's the timeline. Now you can, f- okay, let me, let me intro since we're going into all the trauma of the early days of living in the I camper. I have to process this, Julia Roxanne. I know this uh... is, yes, we, this, this, I was going to name this episode celebrating Dorothy. <laughs> I'm not sure this is yeah. <laughs> processing trauma. Hey, now, we're not there anymore. So, so. yeah, I know. So, um, so, okay, so a week and a half before, maybe a week before we have to leave, a week before we really have to leave, we realized that the guy we hired to set up our solar is not going to get it done and is also dangerous, like like probably, maybe dangerous. Like there was a point... We had already paid him half. Yeah, and then he was really upset that we didn't pay him more. Uh, Which is... Yeah, but we... At night, we would park the camper somewhere else in the neighborhood because he had a set of our keys and we were terrified that he was going to come back. Yeah, this I is the state wake, of our paranoia. Would, the only reason I wasn't more worried that that was going to happen was I knew how much he hated driving 17. Yeah, 17. At the highway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At highway in California in the mountains. We, we, we've established that. Okay, I think good. I think now is the time where you can say 17. Ah, 17, because right. <laughs> Uh, she was only 17. <laughs> what the hell? This is where we're at today. Oh, my God. Uh, I like it. I like it. Okay. So a week before we have to leave, we deal with this. This is also around the time of Thanksgiving and celebrating early Christmas with your family. So we're navigating all of this while trying to have good times with your family before we leave. Because <laughs> all in all, I have to say this. The four months that we spent living with your parents had their own sets of challenges. I think for them too, it's it's not easy to have four adults living in a you know a, especially when one's your firstborn son and kind of a dweeb. Uh, Alistair, I'll own it. I'll own it. You should own it. Yeah, and um, but it was such. I look at this time with so much fondness. It was so nurturing to arrive in a new country and be with family. And they really went out of their ways for particularly me. I mean, you already feel that way. It's your house. But like for me to feel like this was also my home and that I could count on it and that I could rely on on them. And it was also really special to get to spend four months living with my in-laws. I feel like this is not something that people get to do often. 
And in some cases, people might be like, oh, fuck, thank God I don't have to do that. But in my case, it was actually really sweet to get to know them, but get to know you better because I got to know you when you live with your parents, which is like a very particular type of beingness. And also I got to know you better by knowing them better. It was like, I don't know, it was really sweet. I really enjoyed that. So uh, It was. And I, I've, you know. <laughs> Gratitude. Yeah, I've said it before, but like. Behind all these like crazy adventures we've had is a very supporting family. Yeah. Um, I don't think we could do this without no, supporting family. No, I don't we think so. Could. It would be much harder, and I, I wouldn't want to imagine it. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of crazy, thing, crazy things people do and amazing yeah. things people do is that yeah. they, they have a, a family behind them. Not always, yeah. but a lot of times that provides a lot of support. It's been true in, in our case. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know, we're it's Thanksgiving, Christmas. We're celebrating, and you're you know navigating, feeling like we just got bamboozled into working with a with a narcissistic. Yeah. Weirdo. So we we managed and to pull ourselves out of that hole. We managed to get someone who will install our solar in two days, and we do. And then and we drive then off to Colorado. We start driving off to Colorado. Uh, this was surprisingly hard because neither of, you, of us had ever lived lived and traveled in an RV before. We we had lived in a renovated caravan that we basically used as a box and we put what we wanted inside. So like all the system were ours way back in France. But this was new. So everything would take forever because we stopped at gas stations and we were trying to, you know, fill up the water, clean up the tank, like all the things that we had never learned to do. Everything was pretty tough. We 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 drove through New Mexico, and that was both beautiful and uh, also first first state first taste of like oh December in New Mexico cooled cold. We woke up cool, one morning, uh, and I think it was like twenty something in the camper. Yeah, and it was like realized, icicles inside the camper. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that. And basically, spare you the details, we make it to Colorado the day before the retreat starts. Day before the retreat starts. And we're camping out we um, are... on, a, on a trail very close to where the retreat's going to happen. And It's late. It's late. We've had a long day. We had to stop at a Costco to get gas and realize that our tank, our gas was tank leaking. was leaking. And then we make it out of the city and we find a little trailhead place where we can park. And at that time... We've been driving all day we've been and driving then troubleshooting. All day. And the I've been truck. navigating and I, I, I did and I would, I would still do... I would still feel that. But I've been navigating pretty deep terror, anxiety, fear about sleeping in random places. And we still have I a pretty bad safe. taste in our mouth from working with Keith. Yeah. Uh, who the guy who did not install our solar panels? <laughs> so things were a little crazy, and this is all during the holiday season too. Yeah. Like we had celebrated an early Christmas with my parents. It was it was hectic and crazy, and COVIDy as well. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, and uh, so we're looking for a campsite that night. It's dark. We're exhausted, and uh, I find one, but you didn't like it. Let's just leave it at that. I don't even, let's not even get into it. But yeah. you didn't like it. And we ended up moving around a couple times to try to find a spot that was flat. And also, like, you know, we're still new to this. We're still not sure what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Like, where where to do this. And 
uh, you know, you can go back to one of our early episodes about L-Town. Um, so we have some history with uh, camping in places you should fucking not camp. Yeah. So, like, that's we'll also... We'll link that episode, too. Yeah, if that's If you've never listened to it, it's probably if you haven't listened to L-Town... Craziest stories ever. Stop this episode now. <laughs> go listen to L-Town. <laughs> Trust me, it's one of the craziest... It's like a true crime story. Yeah. And it involves uh, the Manson family. <laughs> so, enough said. It does not involve the Manson family. <laughs> it does, but it barely does. <laughs> You're such a sensation. To sensational. know more, <laughs> go listen to the episode. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm driving to the spot where we finally decide on. And I hear something, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. But it's like I hear like kind of like something like scraping the top of the roof. It's yeah. Like, oh, so we parked the truck camper, and I'm like, I'm just going to get on the roof and check what that was. And I go up there, and we had two large solar panels on the roof. These are expensive, and just had them installed literally a day ago, I think, or two days ago. One of them's not on the roof anymore. And I, like, I started going into, like, panic, yeah. and I look around. It's, like, 20 feet behind us. It had been knocked off the uh, roof by a branch and ripped out of the yeah. roof and was on the ground now. Uh, ran over. Luckily, we didn't just... The panel was actually intact. Yeah, Thank you, miracle. America. American-made solar panels. <laughs> um, that was a miracle. Uh, but no longer on the roof and was going to need some parts to uh, to rectify that and a little bit of elbow grease. So that was our beginning. Well, and also it's like... All of a sudden, we have to have the solar panel inside the camper with us, which is already such a small space. Yeah. And Alistair is in deep shock, which is also tainted I was with agitated. a fair amount of anger towards me. Because yes. if we had stayed at that first campsite where I felt uncomfortable, there were no trees. This wouldn't have happened. And, you know, if you're partnered, you know this. It's like, you know, you trip on the stairs and somehow it's your partner's fault. That's, that's, I think that's a pretty classic experience. So that yeah, was. This was a little more your fault than that, but. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, they, it, the, the gloves are off. Yeah. So that was the beginning of, of our. That's like, you know, when you break champagne on the bow of the, yeah. the ship. Yeah. That was, uh, we broke a solar panel on the roof of our truck camper. <laughs> That was our our blessing. That's how it's all started. Man, I really didn't think we would go there uh, when I didn't either. I, I, but trauma resurfaces like that, <laughs> you know, like it just comes. You can't really control it. I know. I, boy, do I know. Okay, so so any all right. So scrambling the timeline. I just let's go like. We don't have to go in order because I feel like I'll tell I, you what. Could, one of my favorite times in the yeah. truck camper. We actually didn't have many of these. Oh, I know. Uh, like I know the one you're gonna say. And yeah, there's only one. There's, really. there's only one. <laughs> yeah, like we were kind of using it as a utility. Like this was our solution to live in in the U.S. Like we should start with that because this was a pretty ballsy move for us to move from Guatemala, where like we were making enough money to get by in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. But we were not making enough money to get by in the U.S. And, like, you needed to go through the green card process. Like, it was going to be quite a step up. And it was not the timeline we had expected. And also, I didn't want to come back to the U.S. 
Um, I was not excited by the prospect of coming back here for a lot of reasons. And so it was kind of a bold move on our part to come back. And honestly, the truck camper is the way we can imagine doing it. Also, at that time, our teachers were also living in a trailer That's and true. traveling That's and true. offering retreats all over the map. And we needed to be able to, to go follow and them. follow them. So this so. was like a creative solution that allowed us to afford, at least for a while, until mm -hmm. we figured something out, and also follow them around. And uh, why was I going there? You were talking about the fact that it was a utility. Oh, yeah. Like it yeah. Was it was like, it, it wasn't a recreational vehicle mm -hmm. for us. It was like home. And so we didn't actually get to take it out for fun very often mm -hmm. or ever. And I, that's something now I don't want to, you know, like we had it this last month where we knew we sold it. Yeah. And uh, someone, so, someone was like, I think it was my brother. He's like, you should take it out for a last spin. I think a couple of people suggested, yeah. it, you know, like do one last road trip. I was like, fuck no. I'm not interested. Fuck no. I just cleaned the toilet on that thing. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it would, it would have been nice to do, I'm sure it would have been fun for that re to use it that way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is like, this is why people have RVs normally. Yeah, I'm it's sure. It's supposed to be recreational. Yeah, you take it out for the weekend and then when you start getting annoyed at the small space, you don't spend a lot of time in it. You don't, like, you do it when the weather's pleasant. I'm sure it's. It's like if you to, to continually remind you of this timeline, we, we literally moved in full time in December and and then we stopped traveling in it and just lived in lived in full time in one spot in June. So really, we we and then we parked it, it for the winter up in the Pacific Northwest, which is like the worst place that you could live <laughs> in a really small truck camper because mold. Well, mold. Yeah, it's 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 bad. terrorizing. Yeah. 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 So anyway, but we we did all this, and you were gonna talk about. The nice time. Yes. I was going to talk Stop about the nice time. Stop fucking ranting and talking about some <laughs> nice times. Please. All it right. has to have been nice. All right. Yeah. There was some time where we were in Sisters in Oregon, oh, which is this beautiful, it's on the east side of, I think it's the Cascades, Cascade Mountains. It's next, it's, it's near Bend. And it's near Bend. Because uh, um, the three sisters are yeah. the mountain range there. And uh, so it's like kind of high altitude forest. And we parked out there uh, on some, like, BLM land or some government-managed land. I don't know. There was a lot of people kind of doing that. It was free to do and mm -hmm. out in the forest out there. And uh, we spent a really nice, I don't know, was it five or seven days out there? Yep, at least. Maybe, no, no, it might have been like seven to ten days. It, yeah, I don't. it was a week or two. I can't remember. Yeah, and uh, there was like really nice trails around there. The weather was really good. It was yeah. a little hot at times. Yeah. And... Uh, so we'd go hiking, and I was like, whoa, this is actually comfortable. This is really nice. Yeah. This, and we had everything we needed, the water, like we had plenty of water and all these things. And interestingly enough, that's actually, that's when I met Ian, who runs Trout Creek, where we live. Because I was looking for a retreat center for a Wild Within retreat. Yeah. How funny how that worked out. Yeah. That worked and out now, pretty well. Now we live here. I, yeah, I remember that time. That was that was also that was also probably one of my favorite times. There's a couple of like snippets that that come up. Like, what comes up for you? You know, despite the uh, intensity and the sometimes pretty uncomfortable aspects of this life, I also I really enjoyed the times where we were 
going from one retreat to the next with our teachers because like I think it was in the beginning of 2021 we we had a retreat in Joshua Tree and oh yeah we spent like a month and a half in Texas like parked outside of our friend's house you which, know what I liked before that was uh oh Carlsbad Carlsbad yeah we in spent New Mexico. some time in Carlsbad New Mexico it was, that was pretty cool I really enjoyed that and you know what you said we didn't do the the thing that was actually one of the times we did that yeah, yeah. except it was in the very beginning of our getting to know living in a truck camper and so there were more awkwardness to, you know, organization. We checked out the Carlsbad Caverns, which are incredible. If you're it's ever down in New Mexico, actually a national park. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It was really, really nice, and yeah, no, I have a lot of fun memories about that time. Like being in the desert was actually. I've had tough times in deserts in the past, and I feel like that redeemed a lot of it. I found an owl foot on in the desert when we would go on our walks, and. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I remember like feeling settled and feeling like we were trying to settle in. You, you I got, got hives. yeah, well, you got uh, um, no, not hives. No, uh, the the adult varicella, the not chicken pox, the other one. I can't even remember. Oh my god, I can't remember what it was. That's interesting that you had another skin thing. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. But except, except it was like. Damn, there's a okay, whatever. You there's like nerve pain associated with it. You were really sick. Yeah. You were like lying in bed and playing video games all day and you were in pain. I can't remember the name of it right yeah, now. It's, it's a very obvious one. Yeah, it's, um, it's not. I'm not gonna try to figure it out. But yeah. So that was that was like a sweet time. I have I have a lot of fond memories of being there and it snowed one day. I think there's like a little oh, bit it did. of snow. Yeah, snow and, out in the desert. Yeah, and, and we would like work out, and and we were parked up in this like kind of random spot. But there was there were people rolling into camp every night. It was like a pretty popular spot, so I felt safe there. So that was nice. Yeah, the mountain range on the horizon. Oh, I know that was beautiful. The sunsets were insane. Yeah, yeah, that was sweet. And uh, yeah, I I have. Just like trying to remember all all of them, but the retreat in Joshua Tree was really nice. Like being parked up at, in Joshua Tree, like in that area, was beautiful. Uh, that's also the day that I broke our outdoor shower, oh. and you were so upset with me, so upset. Like again, another one of these, like, hey, dude, honest fucking mistake, but you were outraged. <laughs> like, it's just rageful. Yeah, that one I was upset about. Oh, my yeah. God, you were it wasn't, so that upset. One, that one wasn't fair. I apologize <laughs> for it later. <laughs> the, the solar panel wasn't fair either, but you did, at least you didn't take <laughs> it out on me that back then. But yeah, so I like that. I like being in, in Joshua Tree with, it felt like a reunion with all of our friends at that retreat. And like, we sat we did ceremony outside and at night and, and then in the day. And there was like a, I think we saw, was it a coyote or a fox that we saw in one of the ceremonies? And mm. um, and one of my favorite, all favorite times was baking a two-tier rectangular birthday cake for our teacher's son, Bodhi, who's turning three. And uh, it was for 24 people. I made a cake for out 24 people desert, out in the desert. In our truck camper. It was Awesome. And who did the dishes? Alistair. I did. And it was a lot of it dishes. It was a lot of dishes. Yeah. It was great. Uh, you did You did a great job and no one cared. <laughs> the, fact, 
<laughs> I tried. I tried to get them to understand the important role you were having. No, but um, all the glory goes to the, to the person who makes the cake. Yeah. No. So that that was really that was a really really sweet time. It felt like a a, a time of like family, tribal, community experience. I really liked that. I also really liked the time we spent in Sequoia National Forest. We did a dieta there. We di- we dieted cacao. Yeah, that was nice. And uh, yeah, we, we also some went fun back. Times. Yeah, there you go. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you focused on the trauma. Uh, yeah, no, and and we and then we served combo out there to yeah. a group of people, which was so sweet. We met uh, our friend Mike, friend of the podcast. That's who came right. and got, shout out, Mike. Shout out, Mike. We love you. Yeah, uh, that's that was his first time. Sitting with Combo. But not the only. He also sat with us up here, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's always nice to... It was like... I don't know. It felt like a time of... In a lot of ways, it felt like a whirlwind. It felt like it was never stopping. The Like, we were basically constantly in ceremonies. But that was also what was nice about it. And it was uh, was very... uh, It was an active adventure. It was an active adventure, indeed. And now like, it feels like I'm ready for some rest. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like it's funny. I feel like I've been just reflecting on that too. It's just, it feels like I'm I'm tired in a way where it can't. I'm not just tired because I had a busy week. I feel yeah. tired from the last two years. I feel tired from the last like seven. seven. <laughs> I yeah. know. I know. I feel that too. Um, and I feel like while it was happening, it was. I was just like kind of your nervous system is almost so activated. Like you kind of just had to be on top of it and roll with everything. And now it's like, oh, now I don't. And I feel like my body's just like, all right, well, yeah, 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 exactly. Like that's kind of what I'm feeling too. It's it's weird. And I'm glad we're going into winter, honestly. (sighs) I actually, you know, this will be our second winter up here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's definitely still intimidating to me, Mm -hmm. but. I I'm also I'm also kind of looking forward to parts of it. Yeah. And um I think I think it'll be nice cuz it's going to it's going to force us to slow down and hibernate a little bit. And yeah. Some massive bear energy. We're going to bring in some massive bear energy. Yeah. Just hibernating in the in the We got woods. our our wood stove. Um yeah. there's talk of having heated floors installed, <laughs> which I'm praying to God happens. <laughs> Uh, should be pretty nice. We're not going to give Millie back to her owners, so we're going to have a nice dog here for the winter as well. Um, if you're listening, yes, we are giving you back, Millie. No, we're not. I've <laughs> <laughs> been trying to convince. No, she's too cute. We have to keep her. She is. Actually, there's pup- puppies who were just born on the land, yeah. so I'm telling Alistair. I'm trying to convince Alistair. I'm not actually trying to convince Alistair. I no. don't think I really would want to get a puppy, but... It's hard. It's hard. It's like we like having a dog and there's literally puppies yeah. across the street. And then they We're, they would stay with the family, you know, like yeah, I don't yeah. know. to stay tuned on what happens on that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of memorable times out here. I think like the first six months living in the camper here were okay. Like they're not... I don't remember a whole lot. I feel like we were in and out going to retreats yeah. all the time yeah. anyways. So 
It was, I feel like the camper was our regrouping place and like the place that we crashed for a bit before we went back to more training. I, I don't think I, I could have, I mean, it's not something I think you can really have a sense of until you live it. There's just no preparing for it, but like what a small space like that does. I remember before all these shenanigans back when I was still at a day job, you know, like I'd rent like a tiny home on the weekend because it was cute you know, with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and like, it was fun. And it's like, wow, what if we got one of these and lived out in the woods, you know? <laughs> and having done that multiple times now, I'm like, it's no, so, no, no. It's so small. It's so small. It's not a matter of like being more organized. Like something about that size space, just like it encroaches on your psychic space. Mm -hmm. Like it makes you smaller in some ways. Like I just felt like my body was like kind of constricting and contracting in certain ways over time. Like over time it it got to be too much. And I think, you know, if you're, if maybe if you're living out of something like that in a place that doesn't have a real winter and you really are an outdoors person and it's more of a place to sleep, cool. But that wasn't the case for us. Yeah. And even if we like being outdoors, we also value the indoor quite a bit. Like, we both need caves to retreat to. And Yeah, like, the first couple of weeks we moved into this place, which is not massive, large by any means, yeah. like, but is for us, it was just like a honeymoon period. We're like, just like, oh, look at all this space. Like, <laughs> This is so wonderful. Life is so much easier. You know, know. like we're not bumping into each other all the time and you're not the reason. I don't know. That's the the other thing, right? Like it's like so much energy is is kind of concentrated in one space. So how your partner's doing really affects how you're doing. And it's hard to avoid that. Even I think in a pretty conscious relationship, it's still pretty challenging and, uh, you know, now we can both be in the kitchen and I, I can help with the dishes yeah. while you're doing things. And just like simple, basic things that I think most of us take for granted. And I think I'm already taking for granted uh, now that I'm I'm back in it. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that the uh, the first six months of this year were a lot rougher um, on on us living in the camper like the. The last stretch, I think, was was pretty rough. We we were really hitting our limits, and you were not doing very well with the rash, and yeah. it was really hard to be in the same space and to not be able to give you your space either because I could tell that you needed your space, and I yeah. just there was nowhere for me to go. We had our bell tent, but it's like, it's just not the same. It's not my bed. It's not, you know, it's not like a space that I had invested in that felt very comfortable. It felt like every time I had to set it up for it to feel comfortable. And I think that um, it's kind of weird. I mean, we're both we're both in an interesting headspace as we're recording this, but I do feel like there were a lot of good things about living in a camper. And also, I don't think that... <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about the people who do like the van life thing and like, you know, document it on YouTube or on Instagram. And it seems like they're loving it. It seems like it's, you know, there's downsides to it, but it seems like they're really loving it because it's like constant adventure and discovering new places. And like a part of me is like, is that an act? 
is that is that the thing you have to do to get traction as a van life content creator and they actually hate it or is it just that it's actually working out for their personality types but for us it was always a uh, we don't have money and we need to live here <laughs> and this is the best solution we could come up with and then we're going to enjoy but some I think, parts isn't, of isn't it isn't that kind of what it always well, is I know. is um, it like you know it's like we it's like it has become glamorized but yeah. it because people don't have money yeah. and they need to live in them yeah. so then let's make it cool yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. you know you know yeah, what I mean yeah no i know i'm 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 pondering the same thing and i think uh, i don't know i think for some people maybe it does fit their personality type and like if you're if you like to go on adventures and really do that but i don't know it wore me down i think that Maybe for some people, it's like, it's mostly awesome and there's some downsides. And for us, I think it was, it's mostly sucky, but we're <laughs> going to enjoy the parts that we can. I feel like uh, it was like 50-50. It was 50-50. I agree. That's a good, that's a good uh, stat it, for it, describing it. Also, I think it depends where you're coming from, right? And like what what you're coming to it for. Because if you're looking for more freedom or for an adventure... Or or whatever, I think that would outweigh a yeah. lot of the downside, right? But like for us, that we, it was actually the opposite. Yeah. Like it was less freedom yeah. for us. It well, also I think that I think I like what you're saying. It's like I think there's a big difference. It's if you come to this type of life, like camper life, van life, from you know having a nine to five and having done that for the last ten years and being in the city and paying you know your apartment, your rent, and then all of a sudden you do this and you start adventuring. If that's your like, woo, I'm free, then yeah, it's probably fucking awesome. But for us, it's like we had been doing this for years already. Yeah. We had been traveling the world. And this was our attempt to like, can we try to come back to a more normal life? This was our like, this was us trying this to do that. This was us making a commitment so that we could kind of follow a line of work. And also be more grounded somewhere, paradoxically. Yeah. I think that I think it is funny. It is it is it is interesting to explore the I think, like everything, it's not, you know, van life is this or that. It's more like it's also contingent upon where you are in your life and why you're doing it. It's like the context matters more than the the other pieces. And I think for for both of us, getting the camper was trying to get more grounded and more established. And so in some ways, it was like it was what we had to do. And we came into it pretty sober in a lot of ways, because we not too long ago had lived in a trailer that we had renovated. Neither of us particularly wanted to do that when again. When we sold the, key, the the caravan in France, we were like, we're never living in that smallest space ever. Yeah. And, then and we, we halved lived, it. We, we halved we it. We lived in smaller. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's interesting because you can really project with a situation that's that kind of strange or out of the normal, you know, especially when I was like working nine to five or whatever, you, you can just like project your fantasies onto it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I did that a lot, particularly with the trailer in France, you know, it's like, Oh, this will, this will be nice. And then you go live it and you realize like all the crunchy realities of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's good. It kind of, it kind of deflates that 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 fantasy that's not really real yeah so it's good it's like you tried it out and you get you're like oh no this is like 
I, there are some escapist fantasies there that aren't really grounded in reality at all. And this is also a series of trade-offs. And you can learn a lot about yourself that way, about what trade-offs are worth making and which ones aren't. And mm-hmm. I think it can be a very real way to find out what your values are. Because that's not, oftentimes that's hard to do. I, I found it very tough to do in the abstract, like just, you know, and I'm trust me, I've tried to like just figure out what my values are. Mm-hmm. Values are what you practice. Mm-hmm. And so if you switch up your life in a big way like that, you can see like, okay, what's more important? Is it more important because comfort more important? Or, you know, like you can juxtaposition different values in different ways yeah. and get a better sense of what that hierarchy might be and what's most important. And I, I feel like I've got a pretty good sense now in my life about you know, what that hierarchy looks like in, in what's what's most important. Like, and, you know, I don't really have those daydreams about going out. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, and living in that in that way. I think the other thing is you're talking about this is, like, values change. Yeah, that too. And that, that feels, that's felt interesting to navigate because values feels like they can feel so important and forever will be important kind of thing and then i feel like i've been fooled so many times by thinking i like making a permanent decision Mm -hmm. you know like or like when we had the trailer i was like we're gonna have this like this is gonna be a travel hub or like a home base for like five years yeah kind of like i was inspired by tynan Uh, Mm. i think that's how you pronounce his name he has got a blog but he buys like with his friends he owns an island somewhere out i think in canada or or Somewhere, I don't know where, but him and his friends bought an island. Mm -hmm. And they also bought a place in Budapest in the city. And I think they've got one in Hawaii and Japan. So they do these like... And so he has places all over the world that he just spends time in and stuff. Mm -hmm. I know that would not work for me. Yeah, I'm not interested in that at all. But I was inspired by the idea of like, let's set this up in a permanent way. And I was naive enough to think that was going to work. And then we can come in and out. Yeah, Because we we were looking for a place to t- like kind of hang our boots for a little while. Yeah. You know, I didn't think it was permanent forever, but I thought it was like five years. We got kicked out in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, and with the truck camper, I was like, all right, like, yeah, I, we, we own this. Like, yeah. this is a permanent solution. It felt, it, it felt like we lasted about the amount of time that I thought we would actually, yeah. a year and a half of like full time living in it. I, I think what I forget is that we're going to grow out of these solutions, mm-hmm. that they're not big enough. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like that they can serve a purpose. Well, but also- I think that's the thing, right? They're like, they're like shells, like um, hermit crab shells or whatever. Like at some point, if you're going to continue to grow and expand this, which provided a certain amount of security and safety or, or whatever protection now it becomes uh, prohibitive. Yeah. And there's that time where you got you got to get out of the shell and you're and the crab's vulnerable during that time, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know where he's going to find the next shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he knows it's imperative if he's going to continue to grow and thrive. And I I think that's a better way to look at these kind of solutions for most of us if we're going to pursue them. Yeah. And I would definitely encourage people to pursue them if if they sound interesting because I mean It's fun. I mean it's it, you learn a lot. In the process, yeah, for and sure. you, you do the thing, and then you don't have to wonder anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the way it landed for us, I think it was great. I don't regret it. And 
And um, and I also I, I before I want to say this before you move on because I feel like we're kind of going going off to the end yeah. of the episode. I just want to I just want to make sure that I say this for Dorothy and for you know this time of our life. Dorothy's our truck camper. Yeah, we've we've named her in this episode before. Great. So hopefully people are paying attention. <laughs> Come on. I want to say this in by for with respect for her and also for this time that we lived in her uh is it was a good home and it brought us to where we needed to be and so not only as she served the transitional purpose of like delivering us to the next stage but I also there was also some genuinely sweet times in that oh, yeah. in that rig and uh you know, it was a we, sweet rig. I rarely saw a rig that I thought was I better know, than ours. I know. We got so many compliments. So and, many compliments. And that V10 engine, baby. I know. And like, you know, the driving in the wee hours of the morning with you, because like when we had long drive days, we would like get up in the morning, make cacao, and then hit the road. And then we'd stop like a couple of hours later to we'd have breakfast. We'd, we'd, we'd see the sunrise. Or sunrise, yeah. While having cacao and listening to some like atmospheric music on the road, those and, were like, fun. Those driving, were sweet times. Driving on the road like that was a lot of fun, and we were driving through such wonderlands. Yeah. You know, like New Mexico, Colorado, yeah. not Texas. No, not really. <laughs> not Texas. We but drove through Arizona, I can't Arizona, a California. Lot of, California. We drove through a lot of California, Oregon. California I mean, I, I wish we had gotten to the more like Midwest. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Like northern, I don't know. I don't know what what is Montana? Is Montana Midwest? I don't know if it's. it's, it's I don't know Midwest. what it is. Montana's Montana. Montana is its own thing. Yeah. It's. it's uh, like, I, I would have liked to get to some of those places and see, but there it was really fun, yeah. and it was definitely it was definitely an adventure, and it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of like what I imagine taking off in a sailboat is like you leave and the land's gone, and you're like. We're in this boat. Yeah. And like, here we go. Like, yeah, we're yeah. going to this thing. You're yeah. all in. Like, yeah. uh, it, it was also pretty fun and exciting. And I think it's, um, you know, it's kind of interesting to reflect on the fact that it's something, it's like this kind of human experience has only been available to do it this way. I don't know. You can argue maybe 50 years. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could push it to 60 or 70 years. But like, we have an incredible infrastructure of highways. Yeah. We have cheap fuel, which is probably not going to be the case for much longer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously there's things about that. But, like, whatever. The opportunity to have this kind of experience is probably one that is not – that is it's very recent that you could do something like that and live in that way. And it's probably not going to last yeah. For for very long. Maybe it does. I don't know. But it's it's been a phenomenal experience. And it's one that we owe a lot of gratitude to a lot of people to even make a possibility, right? Like the people who built the roads, the cars. The, the people and, who uh, work at the truck stops. Oh, yeah. Loves. loves. Shout out to Loves. We're Loves family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty unique experience. And it was pretty cool that we... We've been able to to do it. Yeah, it was it was fun to do it with you. I feel like we learned a lot about each other, and I think uh, you know the same way that I think trekking the Himalayas for a month in a one man tent with all of our belongings uh, for like the first month of our relationship, almost pretty much, 
that was a great way to set up a foundation of of our relationship. I think that living in the caravan was another one. And then I think living for a year and a half in a, tr in a small truck camper, a year of that being, you know, in the rainforest when it, it and we had one of the longest winters and oh rainy seasons ever. Yeah. And like still having to be nice to each other <laughs> and, and work through our things. And as you said, like be in small spaces when everyone, we're all feeling things all the time and fuck doing this while we were also doing so much medicine work and like transforming in such radical ways. I, in some ways it's nice to talk about this today because these, these last couple of weeks I've been feeling just absolutely like drained, just really tired and like tired and, and needing and seemingly endless amounts of sleep and rest. Yeah. And it's easy for me to just be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, am I sick? Is something off? Like what's, what, what, what? And realizing like, oh no, I've just been, I've just been on a <laughs> bender. I don't know. Like the last seven years of my life have been, constant movement no very little groundedness and just like this constant getting uprooted traveling doing the thing being very active and then like the last year has been like can we ground again and now we've been driving around the us of a in a truck camper drinking tons of ayahuasca yeah. and running businesses yeah it's been crazy yeah and uh I also just want to give a shout out to the kind of magical timing of Dorothy, the way she showed up in our life. Mm -hmm. I saw her on Craigslist. I contacted the guy within 15 minutes of seeing the ad, yeah. got there. We bought her at a deep discount for kind of special, special circumstances. We got a great deal on her and mm -hmm. she was a solid, solid, solid truck and camper. There were like 20 more people in line behind mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. The phone was ringing off the hook because the guy priced it low and we even got him down from there. Yeah. And then here on the other side of it, like now she's ready to go and we found someone who appreciates what she's worth and wants to use her in many of the ways we wanted to originally use her and sees her kind of as that godsend mm -hmm. uh, because this is a hard rig to find if you're yeah. If you're looking for this type of thing, it's very hard to find. And she's going to take her to Kansas. Dorothy's going to go to Kansas. It's just like, I feel like it's just bookended on both sides by, uh, by I don't know, destiny or feels, it's cool. And that's it for today, Far Out People. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.